Hey, welcome to Adventures in Angular, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things Angular related. This show is produced by two awesome companies. The first, Top End Devs, where we create top end devs who get top end pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Envoy, the worldwide best remote software development company for Angular-based projects. In this episode, we are going to talk about Angular structural directives and their micro-syntax. So just a brief spoiler, this is that those directives where we have an asterisk in front of them, just like NGF and NG4. Mm -hmm. So before we get on to this, let's talk about who's with me here today. So here we have Charles Maxwood. Hey. And my name is Lucas Paganini. So you got the first-class representatives of those two awesome companies that we mentioned before. Charles is the CEO and founder of Top and & Devs, and I am the CEO and founder of Envoid. So I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, right. should be good. So yeah, let's, right. let's, let's direct some structures or something like that. <laughs> let's get to it. Okay, okay. So... The goal of this episode is to teach you how, like, what that asterisk in front of Angular directives means, like, what that does, because it does uh -huh. have a meaning. A lot of people think that it's just something that indicates that uh, it is an Angular native directive. It's like, oh, NGF, uh, NG4 have it. So it's probably because it's like, any directive that was made by the Angular team has disasterist just so that we know that it was made by the Angular team. No, actually, it does have a technical meaning. Like, it does something. The asterisk is an operator. Uh -huh. It is syntactic sugar, and it allows you to write less code than you would have to write to have the, the entire... Uh, thing functional functioning the way that it does. So we're going to talk about what this does exactly and how you can use that to your benefit to create your, uh, your own structural directives. So you can also create directives that use that asterisk syntax. You don't have to be in the Angular team to use that. So this right. is the go today. So what does the star actually mean? I'm just curious. It just indicates that it's a different kind of directive? Um, no, it doesn't. What it, it does is, okay, that's that's a great question. And so I think you're going to spoil a bit of the magic, but that's okay. That's okay. Like, um, <laughs> Sorry. The thing is, no problem, no problem. The thing is, a structural directive is nothing but a regular directive, but applied to an NG template. Like, it's, it's just that. So you don't have to declare a different class with a different meaning in order to have a, a structural directive. Like a directive is simply a, a regular Angular directive. And a structural directive is when you apply any Angular directives into an NG template instead of any other elements. So if you're applying your directive to a div, then it's not a structural directive. If you're applying... Um, the directive to 
uh, paragraph tag, then it's not a structural directive. But if you apply that to an NG template, then it is a structural directive. It's just that. Okay. Now, the cool thing is, okay, so before I say the cool thing, let me uh, explain something that maybe the audience is, is thinking like, Lucas, but when I use NGF or NG4, I don't apply it in an NG template. So right. you're saying that a structural directive is something that I apply in an NG template. But when I'm using NGF or any of those uh, directives, I'm only applying them to a div or to a, a component. Like it's never, or at least not most times in an NG template. So what's going on there? The thing is, you are applying them to an ng template. You just probably don't know. When you have an asterisk in front of the directive, this tells Angular that during compilation time, Angular should replace that asterisk with an ng template and apply your directive to the ng template and everything that your element has, you should put that inside the ng template that is dynamically created. So Angular uh -huh. is creating the ng template during compilation and applying your directive to it. Ah, oh, there's the magic. Exactly. That is the magic. And the cool thing, and now, now we get to the cool thing, is that let's say that you have a div with a directive that is like ngf, but without the asterisk. Imagine that uh -huh. you write ngf, but without the asterisk. Um, that is telling Angular that you want to render, you want to declare a div that has the directive ngf, and you want to render that div. Okay. But when you apply your directive to a template, to an ng template, this is telling Angular that you want to declare that element with that directive, but you do not want to render. When you have an ng template, you are not rendering anything. You are just declaring the structure to Angular, but you are not rendering, not at that time, at least. Maybe you will later render, which is the case with NGF. You declare the structure, but you tell Angular, don't render that now, but when this condition becomes true, then you render. So uh -huh. with structural directives, you declare the structure and you don't render. Okay. So I think the implication here is then that I could create my own, right? My own structural directives that have that structure that only renders in the way that I tell it with my directive when I tell it with my directive. Yep, yep. Uh, and for you to do that, the only thing that you have to do is you need to create a regular Angular directive, but you need to assume that this directive won't be used in a div or a paragraph or any of that. It will instead be used in an ng template tag, always. Like every time that this template is used, by the consumers of it, it will always be applied into an ng template. So that's the only thing that you need to have in mind. If you're creating a directive which is supposed to be used as a structural directive, you need to know that your directive won't be applied to a concrete element, such as a div, but uh -huh. it will instead be applied to an ng template. And that 
allows you to inject the template reference in the constructor of your directive. So, for example, when you apply your directive in a div, in your constructor, you can inject the element reference. So, uh -huh. the element reference will be a reference to the div in which your directive is being injected. Now, if you instead apply your directive to an ng template, instead of getting an element reference, you get a template reference. And the template reference is a class created inside Angular, which exposes to you the structural definition of that template. So it allows you to re replicate that template and render that one or multiple times or not if you want them. So you can, from that template reference, dynamically render your content. One thing that I did with that functionality in the past was to create tabs, like literally tabs functionality. Uh, for example, you're in VS Code. Every time that you open a file, you have a new tab, right? So uh -huh. what I did was I created a tabs component. Uh -huh. And this tabs component would take a template of how the content of the tab is supposed to be rendered. So imagine that, like, I don't know how many tabs I am going to render. But I know that every tab will have the title and then you will have this structure here uh, in the body of it. And maybe there's like a footer. Um, I don't know, like you define the structure of how is your tab when it is open. And then I used a structural directive there so that I could declare the template structure of a tab without having to type ng-template all the time. So I could uh -huh. just go directly to the root element of the tab. So for example, let's say that the root element is a div containing the entire thing. I would have the div with star ng-tab. And when Angular compiles that, it will turn that into an ng-template with the directive ng-tab applied to it. And inside the ng-template, that will be the div. So that's one way that I use that to create uh, tab functionality in one of the applications which I was working on in the last year. But you can really use that in any case where you need to grab the structure of your content and you need to be able to render that structure multiple times. Or maybe like just either render or not render, which is the case with NGF. So with NGF, you're either Rendering the thing or not rendering. So you need to have the template so that when you decide to render, you, you have the necessary information to render it. And ng4 is when you want to render that multiple times. So you have an array of with three elements. And for each element, you want to render a structure. Then you can use ng4. And then you give it the template. And it, would, it will render the structure three times using the, the data from each of the elements in your array. So these are the cases where you would use something like that. Can you think of 
any interesting case that you would use that, Chuck? Um, I'm yeah, I'm just trying to think because the the templates and the 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 way you're talking about things, it's it reminds me a little bit of some of the other things that I've used in other languages, where I mean, you talked about tabs, for example. Um, I could see that as a you know menus or menu items. I could see you know just just kind of any kind of list of things that you have. Um, I could also see this put together as a um, sort of a well, it's not a stand-in for components, but you could use it to render like specific sections of your page depending on what you have or how many of something you have. Um, and so I'm thinking like a reviews section or things like that, you know. So if there aren't any reviews, it shows one thing. And if there are, then it shows something else. Um, which it, it a lot of it kind of feels like it's a kind of a hyper-specialized version of NGF or NG4. Mm-hmm. But um, in my case, right, then the template is actually the, you know, more or less the component uh, for whatever that is. Um but yeah, those are kind of the directions my head is going at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's go into the rules that you have to respect right. if you want to use that. So there's only one major rule, which is you can, you, you can only use one structural directive per element. And why is that? It's because of the way that it works. Like at the end of the day, you can literally write your entire application without ever using the star prefix if you want it. Like you could. Uh-huh. You will have to type more. You would have to explicitly declare the ng templates and apply the directive to them. But you could. Like there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Now, the thing is, let's think about what that does. You declare a div. And Angular turns that into two elements. Instead of just one element, which is the div, it turns that into an ng template, which contains the div. So if you think about what it does, it's pretty clear why you can only use one per element. Because if you used two, how do you expect Angular to parse that? Uh, Should Angular like create two ng templates, like one ng template and another ng template inside and then the div or should it just create one and apply the two directives to it like there's no easy way for angular to figure out which structure you're trying to create if you apply two structural directives to the same element which is why you can only apply one See, I would apply the ng mind reader, and then it would just yeah. know. That's hmm, didn't thought of that. Shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody actually wrote a driver for my brain, it it, it that that'd be scary. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and then we have another thing which is extremely advanced now, and maybe you don't need to go into that that depth, but Uh depending on the solution that you're creating, maybe you will need to go into that depth, which is there is an entire micro syntax just for structural directives. Like it's an entire small, like very small, but it's literally 
a language specification to parse the contents of a structural directive. I was pretty mind blown when I figured that out. I thought that, for example, have you ever seen any ng4 expressions which were super complex? For example, you have an ng4 exp expression which is um, looping through an array of three elements. It is passing a track by function so that it performantly knows which elements it needs to re-render or not. It is declaring a variable to keep track of the index of the elements. It's also declaring a variable to keep track of whether this element is the last element of the array or not. And it's also declaring another variable to keep track of whether this is the first element of the array or not. Like, I have seen that before, and it's a pretty long expression. And all of this is contained within the quotes of ng4. So you would have mm -hmm. star ng4 and a very long expression declaring all these variables, all of them like separated by semicolons, but it would all be there. And I thought in, initially, I thought that this was specific to ng4. I thought that like the ng4 directive would somehow parse that string and do something with it. But I thought that it was specific to the ng4 directive, but it's not. Oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it, it works for any structural directive. This is a micro syntax that Angular created to parse structural directives. So basically, um, you would have different things being part of this expression. Mm. So, for example, you would have four. You would have expressions, and expressions is when you declare a variable and you assign a value to it. So let's say that you are declaring a variable called item index, mm -hmm. and you are assigning index to it. So this is an expression. The expression would be let item index equals index. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, where does index come from? Because you're declaring a variable called item index. Mm -hmm. So item index didn't exist anymore. You just declared it. Now it exists. Okay, right. perfect. But you're assigning a value to it. And the value that you're assigning is called index. But where is index coming from? And index is coming from the context object that the ng4 directive passes when it renders the template. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> now <laughs> now it got now it got complex, right? Okay. So remember that I said that when you have a structural directive, the directive is applied to a template so the directive can get the template reference and decide when to render that template or not. Okay. So when you decide to render a template in Angular, you can optionally pass an object with contextual data to this template. And what this does is basically in the ng template tag, you can have attributes that declare variables for your template. So you can have in your regular ng template, I'm not even talking about structural directives here, but in a regular mm -hmm. ng template tag, you could, for example, say let dash item index equals index. And what this is saying is that inside 
your engine template, there will be a variable called item index that you can use. You can use to render this, this value inside your engine template. And the value of item index is equal to the value of index. Now, the value of index will only be passed when the ng template actually gets rendered. So when you render the ng template, you can pass an argument, which is an mm -hmm. object, a key value object, and the one of the keys will be called index. And then you can give a value to it. And then when you render your template, your template will create a variable called item index and assign to that the value of index. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's where the values from the expression comes from. So you have the structural directive microsyntax. Inside of that, you have expressions, which is when you declare variables inside your structural directive. And those values can be assigned a value. And the value will have to come from the context object that is passed to the template reference when we decide to render the template. Okay. Jesus, that was a lot. By the way, for <laughs> whoever is listening to this, I do have a video with a bunch of animations, right. which makes it so much easier. So just check out the uh, the episode description. I'll put the link to, to my video. And then maybe by watching the video, the things that I'm saying will click. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I, I feel sorry because it's really hard to keep up with this just listening to us. Right. Um, now, we also have functions. Uh, sorry, not functions. We also have key expressions. Key expressions, they are a bit different because key expressions, they are mapped out to other directives. Oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to get <laughs> wild again. So, for example, uh, you have NGF. Maybe, okay, I think I think that the audience will recognize this. Have you ever used the else condition in NGF? So you have like NGF condition, mm -hmm. semicolon, else, and then you point to another template reference. So uh -huh. basically what you're saying is, if the condition is true, you render this template. If the condition is false, then you render this other template. Okay. Right. Now, the thing is, the else is not an expression because an expression, uh, it is an expression, but it's not a declaration because a declaration is when you actually declare a variable and you assign a value to it, mm -hmm. such as when we were saying let item index equals index. That's a right. declaration. This is also an expression, but it's not a declaration. This is a key expression. The difference is that it doesn't create a variable in the template. Instead, it creates a different directive and assigns that directive to the template. So what <laughs> this is going to... Yeah. I, I mean, it, I watched your video, so it makes sense in my head, right? Because I can follow along. But yeah, I mean... And you showed this for like NG4, right? You had another expression yeah. like this. And yeah, effectively what it did is it just said use this other directive, and then it renders that. Mm -hmm. It is so complex, right? Um, but 
basically, let's use that example from NGF because I think that's a simpler yeah, example it than is. NG4. So NGF, and then you have this else condition, which points to other template. When Angular parses that, Angular is going to create, uh, not create a new directive, like you will have to create this directive, but Angular will apply to the ng template a directive called ng if else altogether. Like imagine that you have uh -huh. a directive called ng if else. When you have else other template, when Angular parses that, it will apply to the generated ng template a directive called ng if else, and the e from else will be capitalized because Angular will also do uh, the correct format for format for the the name of the directive. So it will be ng if else with the e capitalized, uh -huh. and this will be pointing to other template. So other template will be the value passed to a directive called ngf else. That's, that's the same thing that happens for ng4. So ng4 has track by, and track by is a key expression which allows you to pass to ng4 a function that tells Angular when it should re-render an element from the array or when it should not re-render that element because it hasn't changed. Uh, in order to deserve a re-render. And this is a key expression. When you use track by and you pass it a function, mm -hmm. Angular generates, uh, Angular parses that, and it turns that into a directive called ng4 track by, with, and the value given to this directive is the function that you passed. Right. So it's an entirely different directive, but the prefix is ngf or ng4, or right. whatever directive, whatever structural directive you're creating. Right. Whew. Cool stuff. Yeah. We we got to the last point now, and the last thing that you can have in the structural directive microsyntax is a local binding. So we talked about declarations, we talked about key expressions, and the last thing that you can have inside um, an Angular structural directive is a local binding. A local binding is when you use S. So it declares a template variable and maps the result of the expression to that. So for example, ngf condition S value. I think most of us have a, in some point used the S keyword inside ngf so that we could mm -hmm. create uh, a variable from the result of the condition. So when you use ngf condition as value, that becomes an ng template with the ngf directive pointed to condition and a variable declaration in the ng template called lat value pointing to the value of ngf. Right. So it points to the name of the directive itself. So let value equals ngf. And then in your in ngf, you will have to, uh, when you pass the context object, you will have to pass in the context object something in which the key is ngf so that it maps to the, the value that the person is using with the s 
keyword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you can type less and have directives which automatically create ng templates. Awesome. Well, we're kind of at the end of our time. I mean, I would love to just dive in a little bit deeper and just, you know, clarify some of this stuff. I really encourage people to go watch the video because it really is awesome. Um, But yeah, I I don't have time. I have a very firm stop in 10 minutes. So um, I'm going to just move us from this into self-promos and picks. But yeah, we'll put the link to the video in the show notes. Um, I think you also said you had a, a blog post about it so we can push that in too. And uh, yeah, this is this is cool stuff. So yeah, okay. So uh, what are you working on that people should know about? Okay, just two quick things. Uh, web animations course still in the works, looking super good, and I am releasing a lot of free YouTube videos. So if you just want to see how that's going, I just get um, a popular web animation and I do it from scratch without using uh-huh. any libraries, just pure HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So you can check that out in my YouTube channel, Lucas Paganini. I did Mature Design Ripple Effect. I did cool transitions for burger menu animation. So there's a lot of nice free content there. But if you want to learn even more about web animations and you want to create your own custom web animations from scratch and performant animations, accessible animations, then you should consider checking out my course on lucaspaganini.com slash web animations. And my second quick promo is just my company, Unvoid. So I am the CEO of a software development company. And as you might imagine, we are extremely specialized in Angular development. So I am not the only person that knows Angular. Quite the opposite. I have excellent coworkers that in many cases, they know even more than me. So uh, if for some reason you want to outsource a project or maybe do staff augmentation and you need experts in Angular development, go to unvoid.com and fill out the contact form and we can have a chat about it. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to keep mine brief as well. So um, a couple of things that I'm working on. First of all, we're doing the book club. We're reading Pragmatic Programmer. Um, Dave Thomas has agreed to come the last Tuesday of, of March and be part of the book club. So he's one of the two authors of the book. I haven't heard back from Andy yet. Um, I know he's busy, so, you know, who knows? Maybe he's busy at that time or maybe he'll make it. But uh, anyway, um, excited for that. The book we're reading after that is actually The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's a personal improvement book. It's not actually a development book. But I want to throw those in probably once or twice a year. Books that I think are going to teach people how to just do better, be better, you know, level up. And so that's what I'm looking at there. And then after that, we're doing seven languages in seven weeks. And I'm going to reach out to Bruce and see if we can get him to come and be part of our book club there. Um, the other thing I'm working on is I am working on um, basically freemium video series. Um, so I'm doing Ruby and Rails. I'm doing JavaScript. I'm doing dev tools. And I'm doing career stuff. And so um, I'm spinning those up one at a time. Um, I imagine that I'm probably going to do them, you know, I'll get the Ruby and Rails ones up here over the next week or so. And then I'll have the careers ones up next. 
Um, but that that's the big focus. And so if you're interested in those, go to topendevs.com and you can just look under the series and you'll see what we've got out there. Um, probably create landing pages for all of them and then you can just uh, be notified when they're ready to go. Um, and then the other thing is, is I currently... So uh, last week I was informed that my contract is ending with my current client. And so if you're looking for somebody to do some... Uh, work for you. I am not as expert in Angular as probably Envoid, but if you're looking for somebody who can do Rails or um, you know some of the other uh, front-end stuff that's a little less directly Angular involved, I guess, uh, that's kind of my expertise. I'm also um, open to doing career coaching and things like that. So if you want me to come and teach your team how to level up, right, regardless of the technology, that's kind of been my, my shtick the last while. So uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm working on. Um, Lucas, what are your picks? Awesome. I didn't have a pick, but now I have. My pick is going to be an awesome Ruby on Rails developer. So if you're looking for one, then check out Charles Maxwood on Twitter, C Max W. I've heard of yeah. that guy. Highly recommend that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I see that guy like every day. All right. Um, I'm going to throw in a couple of picks real quick. Uh, the first one is, I always do a board game pick. This one is Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Um, me and like four of my friends, we played it on Monday. And it's super fun. So effectively, and this is the thing that's interesting. Most of the time when you're playing a game, you're working on just whatever board is in front of you, right? So you know, you'd think if you're building a castle, you're building the castle in front of you. Not the case here. What you're doing is, is you're actually, you're between two castles. That's why it's called between two castles. And you're working on the castle on your right with the person on your right. And you're working on the castle on your left with the person on your left. And so as you build different rooms, they score different ways. And so what happens is, is uh, you build up these two castles. And the way that you win is um, you tally up the scores of both the castles you worked on and your score at the end of the game is the lower of the two scores. Not the higher of the two scores, the lower of the two scores. So um, what winds up happening is, is uh, in, in the case that I played, one of the castles was worth 73 points and the other was worth 59 points. So my score was 59 points. I didn't get any bonus points or any extra anything for having the other castle built up that much further. Okay. And, and everybody scores that way. So effectively, what you want to do is you want to have the two highest scoring castles next to you, right? And if mm-hmm. not, then if, if you don't have the two highest scoring castles, you want the second highest scoring castle to be one of the ones next to you because the other one will get ruled out. So, um, and in fact, there was only one winner instead of two, even though two people worked on the winning castle because the other castle on the other side of the, the other player um, was lo- a lower in score than the castle that won. And so it got ruled out for him, but it didn't get ruled out for the other guy because the castle next, the other castle next to him was the highest scoring one. So you play this game where you're trying to build up both castles as high as you can get them so that you have ultimately the highest score. And uh, yeah, it also made me think a little bit harder about, okay, you know, how do I get a good feel for if this one's way ahead of this other one, you know, okay, I need to focus on this one a little bit more and stuff like that. So there's quite a bit of gameplay. Um, You're also playing the game of trying to, because you can't talk about the tiles you have, you know, but you you take two tiles and pass them. And so 
am I going to pass these to the pass a tile that I want my partner on one side or the other to pick up and play next. So anyway, it was it was really, really fun. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to shout out about that. And then... Um, yeah. And we also have a surprise, right, for who stick to the end of the podcast, which is you can now tell us what you want us to cover in the podcast. Oh yeah, episode. I should I should shout out about that. Yes, so we set up a it's it's a system called Feedbear. It's just a SaaS product, but yeah, you can recommend topics or people. Um, so we'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's a little long for just reading it on the air. I should probably set up like adventuresinangular.com slash recommend. In fact, I'll go ahead and do that today. And so it'll be out by the time y'all listen to this. But yeah, um, go ahead and put them in. You can also upvote and downvote what's there. And so um, if you see somebody's name and you're like, oh, I love listening to them every time they speak or um, you see a topic and you're like, I wanted to learn more about that then. Yeah. And also help us with engagement because we're not just posting this on just Spotify and Apple Podcasts and like all these podcast platforms. We're not just posting on these platforms anymore. We're now also posting our content on LinkedIn and YouTube. And quite frankly, you guys are being too slow there. Like, you gotta... <laughs> We're also posting the... short clips out of the shows on Twitter, Facebook, and other stuff, but... Anyway, I've got to jump yeah. off right now, so. Okay, awesome. And yeah, go check out these other platforms. Make a comment of what you want us to cover and also go to adventuresinangular.com slash recommend to give us your recommendation. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week. All right, Max out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>